When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. This is all right. Talking football after a win Saturday by Nebraska over Penn State, 30-23. to Some phone lines open for you now and a little bit later throughout the show. You can join us, 466-3776, 466 76-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence. For Elijah Herbal, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Uh, Cranach and myself hosted the Real Red Reaction. A lot of you got in Saturday. That was a fun, about two and a half hours. But if you weren't able to get in Saturday, we can talk about the win and what it does moving forward, what it needs to do moving forward. Jay Moore is going to be with us in about 20 minutes. We'll get Blackshirt Jay's take on things. And in hour two, Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride. I know Coach is smiling. Man, he had to be feeling good, specifically how the defense stood up in the fourth quarter. And uh, we'll also run down Greg Smith from Hale Varsity. So you know what to do. can jump in and uh, let's talk about uh, your Nebraska Cornhuskers getting in the win column. And when you look at the schedule, when you look at COVID-2020, when you look at the craziness of, of this season, you know, one of the opponents – at first glance, after three different schedules. One of the opponents that I don't think anyone was going to circle in pencil or ink to beat for Nebraska was Penn State because of their lofty preseason ranking, all the talent they have on the lines of scrimmage, and just what they're supposed to be and what type of program they are. They've won a lot of ball games. They've blown out a lot of teams, and they've got a knack for winning close ball games on the road, and when it does get to crunch time, uh, they're pretty good at home as well. Well, uh, Penn State's a shell of themselves. That's not taking anything away from Nebraska and and how Nebraska won that game. Let me ask you this. In the last 48 hours since the win, have you bumped into anybody that, that wasn't satisfied? I mean, there's critiques here and there, but overall... I, I swear to you that it's one thing to, to blow out a team, and that's great, okay? That's outstanding. And, and for a half, Nebraska was just doing whatever they wanted to do to Penn State. They were holding Penn State to field goals. Nebraska was moving the ball offensively. There was a little uh, creativity slash some new wrinkles on offense. And by the way, you're breaking in a redshirt freshman quarterback with his first start against that defense, 
and and I thought Luke McCaffrey did well. Nebraska took care of the football. Nebraska was able to overcome uh, a false start penalty. Nebraska knocked out some third down conversions. You saw uh, Xavier Betts do his thing. You saw a lot of young people contribute, not just at quarterback, not just at wide receiver, but also on the offensive line. And that's that is promising. That is good for this program because it seems like you watch college football and a lot of other teams have young guys not only playing, but not only contributing, but starring. And and some of Nebraska's vets really took over and made things happen in the second half when it got tight. You look at Nebraska's experience in the secondary. You look at what happens uh, with guys like Colin Miller and JoJo Doman and Will Honus and Dismuke. Deontay Williams set the tone, man. And that was so, so key to get that, that trifecta, right? Not only the sack, not only the strip, not only the scoop, but you got the score. And uh, so it was a tale of two halves. And the thing that that I heard from a complaint or critique standpoint was just kind of the mentality. And Coach Frost touched on it after the game where you got a little bit more conservative versus, you know, keeping the hammer down uh, in the second half. And when you're playing a young quarterback and you have a young football team, you're going to try and protect them and, and just really try and bleed this thing out. Now, the problem was Penn State's front seven wasn't having any of it. And you and I know both know, Elijah, that Nebraska uh, really took on a pretty good front seven when it comes to run defense. And Nebraska could not just run it down Penn State's throat. You don't want to put McCaffrey in danger uh, when it comes to the passing game of either getting stripped and sacked or or more turnovers, right, that can breathe life right back into Penn State, which it did, right? I mean, the the, the one of the, the, the last touchdown Penn State scored was as a result of uh, that interception, right? So uh, they got a short field. I, th- I I think they scored off of that. Maybe the defense held them to three. But the point is, is it was a group effort. It was a team effort. Nebraska found a way. And, and I think they'll get a lot of mileage out of this because they had to win a close game against a really talented record's not good, but they had to win a close game against a talented football team. Because guess what? Uh, Saturday against Illinois could be really close. You just never know with what Illinois team's going to show up. They've shown the ability to bite some people. Uh, you have Iowa a week from Friday. You know that thing's going to be close. You hope it's close if you're a Nebraska fan. And then with Minnesota looming. Uh, so there are more close games on the schedule. And I know Minnesota's uh, a train wreck right now. But the one thing you see with Big Ten football more times than not as teams get better. Teams get better. They improve. There's a lot of good coaches and coaching staffs in this football league. And and by midseason or end of season, barring any hiccups or pauses for COVID, if teams can practice Monday through Thursday, they're going to get better. You've seen that with Nebraska's defense. They have gotten better. And in football in today's era, you are going to get gashed and you're going to give up some yards between the 20s. That's kind of the new normal for football. Is it okay to get four to six yards on first down running the football? Probably not, but that happens more times than not in football. 
uh, in especially when you're taking on a team with the, the recruiting background of Penn State. So you're going to take it. You're not going to apologize. You're going to learn from it. You're going to grow from it. You're going to get better from it. And, and I think the topic of conversation now is, okay, the defense just played 91 snaps. And they made incredible stops uh, in the red zone, specifically from the 11-yard line, okay? And, and they forced an 0 for 7 from Levis trying to throw the football uh, around the 10-yard line. No DPIs, nothing like that. They got stops. They made plays. They were confident. And they were called on twice to do it because the offense could not run the clock out, couldn't get a first down, couldn't keep the clock moving. So how quickly do we see the offense complement the defense? How quickly do we see the offense continue to make progress? And I thought McCaffrey was, and I'll use Scott's words, solid. And he was good running the football, made a few plays throwing the football, but it wasn't like they were just letting him air it out in a two-minute situation like you saw the fourth quarter against Northwestern. It's kind of a different attack throwing the football. So that that is going to be what's key for Nebraska. you got to keep your defense uh, rested because th- that was a really difficult day that they rose up and powered through 91 plays. Your offense has got to keep getting better on the offensive line, uh, and and I think they will. Uh, your quarterback play has got to get better, and you can't be uh, one-dimensional, not able to, or maybe even afraid, and I don't know that that's Nebraska's words, but at watching it, you're cautious. Maybe cautious is a better word than afraid. To, to call some pass plays, okay, just because of the youth. And it's it's a it's a two-way street between what you can get out of your passing game to help your running game and also getting some of those playmakers at wide receiver to step up and, and expand their role no more the playbook. It was bets on Saturday two weeks ago. It was Fleming, 5 for 75. You know, can another young guy step up in the receiving game uh, for Saturday against Illinois? So all in all, you're going to take it. You're going to run with it. You're going to smile that Nebraska got a win, and Nebraska got a win over Penn State, one of the blue bloods out of the East. And who knows if Penn State will turn things around with their quarterback switch and, and maybe put a run together. They they take on Iowa next. That's not easy. Uh, I don't know if this was the backbreaker for Penn State where they're just absolutely ready to tap out. That was the feel we got last week from the Penn State experts we talked to. They had a lot of people picking against Nebraska in Nebraska. You had a lot of people in Happy Valley picking against Penn State. And Penn State showed a lot of fight in the second half. They just didn't have enough to finish thanks to what Nebraska did in the black shirt defense. Numbers to get in, 466-3776. But really, that's my next step here as you look towards Illinois and beyond because you're going to have tight ball games. Uh, Nebraska's better, yes, defensively. But what can your offense, what can you do progression-wise to be better? You scored 30 30 points, 24 on offense. That still is a work in progress offensively, and uh, it it needs to happen quicker. We'll see if that can happen. Yeah, my uncle John lives out in Denver. He texted me Sunday morning and said, hope Husker Nation isn't too hard on Frost for almost blowing that lead. And and I, I responded with, well, I mean, from what a lead, bro. From, from watching the game on Sunday or Saturday, I, I'm happy with the, with the progress of this Husker team because in that fourth quarter down the stretch, I just had this feeling of, oh man, Huskers in a close game. Here we go again. 
And then the, the, the state was mm-hmm. was empty. They they needed to make a run to the liquor store in the fourth quarter, <laughs> right? Because I mean, I was talking to my brother, like you're talking to your family, and he's like, "Dude, they're going to score. They're going to go for two, and this son of a bee is going to be thirty-one thirty, and it's going to be a walk off for Penn State, and you're going to go from happy to sad to dejected to what just happened." I mean, that was the fear, because you've seen this movie a lot in close games mm-hmm. with Nebraska football. That's why the way things shook out really could be beneficial. You beat a, a, a really talented team that's not doing what they need to do on the field. I mean, they've been gut-punched 100 times this season. But for Nebraska, find a way to, to get it done uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Because that was everyone's like, oh, what's the defense going to do this? You know, they have been as good or better than advertised. And they have, the coaches have done them a remarkable job. And the, the group of kids they've got playing football, they tackle, they hit, they're, they're pretty quick to the football. They, they do their job. And there's always three or four red shirts around the ball carrier with guys setting the edge. Very few times do you see somebody leak out trying to attack the edge, right? And, they're not perfect with missed tackles. There's a few here and there that still uh, raise their ugly head. But for the most part, Nebraska will have guys fly into the ball, someone setting the edge, and the creaser opening closes pretty quickly. And, and Penn State had some success, but I'll tell you what. I mean, it wasn't easy sailing for Penn State. I know they ran the, they ran the football for a lot of yards. I mean, over 250 yards, time of possession, total yards 501. But really, 2020 football and really the last two or three years as this thing's evolved, I mean, it's come into situational setups. And, and how, how are you uh, red zone defense? I mean, Nebraska's, I think, 8 out of 16. Teams have scored 8 touchdowns out of 16 trips. That's pretty freaking good. And you want it to be better. They're, they're top 30 in that. But the the bottom line, my takeaway is how many times and how many teams can – Find a way to, to keep Penn State or pick a team out of the end zone in the red zone, not once but twice the final three and a half minutes when you've played 91 snaps. Yeah, and that, that's, that's incredible. And I'm going to run with that and say, tipping my cap to you, Nebraska, because that's a brutal situation. Yeah, running 91 plays, I think Penn State almost doubled up Nebraska in terms of time of possession. Uh, that was a second half where it just had all the feel of this defense is tired. Here we go again. But but the defense, I, I think the number one sign of progress that I had on Saturday was look at all the splash plays that those those uh, defenders were making. Something we talked about over the summer, uh, even through August and September, we didn't know if there was going to be football, was this defense is got to find people who are going to step up and make splash plays. You got JoJo Doman making splash plays. You had Deontay Williams making mm. splash plays. Um, we saw against Northwestern and against Penn State, Luke Reimer is stepping up and making splash plays. Um, and that's that's what this this Nebraska Scott Frost system of defense is built on right now is getting those splash plays, getting your defense off the field, taking a, a second and four, getting a sack or getting a stop in the backfield, making a third and ten, making it a lot more difficult. That's what this Husker team is finally doing this year. I didn't see it last year. I didn't see it two years ago with consistency. But now after two straight games against Northwestern and Penn State, where you're getting splash plays defensively, I am feeling much more encouraged as, as this year goes on. I'm, I'm seeing the progress. Well, and you know the defense got the football back enough times to forge ahead against Northwestern and the offense yep. didn't do it. The offense got three points. That's it in the second half. Nebraska's offense has scored six points in the second half of three games. So uh, they are working on it clearly for the offense to 
show up in the second half. We'll hear from Luke McCaffrey, what he think of his performance. Uh, what do you think of Luke's performance? What do you think of Nebraska on Saturday? We'll get your calls in here at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. We'll hear from Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or Big Red Wrap-Up coming up in about five minutes or so. But uh, the, the tackle numbers were pretty impressive uh, when you just go down the list here, Markel Dismuke led the way with 15. Had some really nice plays uh, in the uh, the red zone. Will Honus with 13, a good bounce back for him. JoJo played every single defensive snap uh, and had 12 tackles. He was just big time. Colin Miller. And Colin, we'll hear from Colin Miller's presser today. Colin was nice. Colin's play on the screen pass was was game-changing. Uh, so, thoughts from Jay Moore. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you in a moment. Hail Varsity continues on a Monday. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's a victory Monday with Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. His podcast, More To It. And you watch him Tuesday nights on Big Red Wrap-Up in that uh, flawless sport coat. We say hi to Jay Moore, at jmoore44 on Twitter. Jay Bird, how'd you celebrate? Uh, I celebrated by hanging out the house uh, and watching some golf and just hanging out the fam. You know, it was uh, kind of laid low. Laid low, just uh, not much. You know, we're... um, just hang out the family, you know. Had a, had a couple cocktails, but watch golf and you know act like we kind of act like we've been there before, even though it hasn't <laughs> it hasn't happened a lot lately. But we we took it as you know what that's, you're supposed to win football games and uh, get ready to you know hopefully celebrate another one this weekend. What's that moment like for a defensive player to be called on not once but twice to go close out a game? It's great, you know. You you want you know. You, you want to be put in those situations. You want to win the game. Um, you want to make those stops. Um, and for you know years, you know for you know you can go back and for a lot of times, and especially in the last you know handful of years, where the defense had opportunities to win football games, they just couldn't do it. Um, and they they stepped up big time and, and, and got it done. You know they you know big fourth down stops. Um, you know the the yards were you know they were able to move the ball. Um, at ease sometimes, but again, it's it's not about yards; it's about points. And um, the defense held up fantastic in, in the red zone, and, and especially late in the game, getting two fourth down stops. So um, the biggest thing is now you can you can build off that, and and, and also it shows it shows you know Frost that you know what let, let you know maybe we can take the reins off a, a little bit off this offense and get the tempo going because you know what our defense. Has shown it can bow up and, and step up when it needs to, um, and make some plays, and we can kind of go faster and quicker and get that tempo up a little more. But it's you know what the defense is, has played great the last last two games. I mean, it's you you, you can get a, get a lot of confidence and build up this one. You know, going to going to Illinois and then um, the Iowa, you know, next week or the you know uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So hats off to those boys because they. They played their they played their tails off and they they single handedly won that football game. 
Jay Moore's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, if you would have told me on Friday that Penn State would have had 500 yards of offense and the Huskers would still get the win, I wouldn't have believed you. But they did just enough to get the win. Uh, I mean, you're a guy who knows defensive line play, and I thought the Huskers' pass rush looked good, especially at the end. Uh, ben Silly coming up with uh, with a big play at the end. But are, are there any things that you think need to be cleaned up still moving forward for this defense? Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's small things. It's just... You know, I, I think sometimes they got hurt a little bit, you know, on, on the run, just because, you know, it, if I, I wish I had a, you know, a, a marker and a whiteboard I could show you our, our film, but it's, you know, it's either the defensive end or outside linebacker kind of, you know, getting upfield a little too far and, and not, you know, uh, setting the edge a little better where you, you just, you get, you get a little too much space for whatever it's a, a guard pulling or a tight end pulling and, um, you know, they're able to kick you out and get a crease. Um, you know, they could tighten that down a little bit to force the ball to bounce outside to where you're not getting attacked at the middle as much, you know. And, and But, you know, that's, I don't know if that's, you know, it's not quite split hairs, but, you know, they could, they could do that, you know, a little better. But, you know, again, you know, I thought, you know, the secondary played very, very well uh, against, um, you know, arguably one of the better uh, wide receiver cores and, and tight end groups that they've seen since since Ohio State. Um, linebackers like great, you know, Lahonas, Colin Miller, uh, Luke Reimers, Georgia Doman, they played fantastic. Um, but, you know, there's obviously, you always can go into every game and, and do something a little better, but I, I think just defining their roles, you know, a little better um, is, will help. Will help, but you know what? You can, there's a lot you can you can take from that game and and be happy about and and, and you know build off of you know to, to try to finish off this this crazy season even better. Jay Moore's with us. Few minutes. Black shirt Husker NFL or Jay Moore his podcast with Hale Varsity and Herdat Media. More to it. Get a subscription. Download. You'll enjoy and uh, can see Jay uh, on Big Red Wrap Up Tuesdays. Uh, talking big red with that, uh, that that marker of death that he is going John Madden with. I got to get your thoughts on on McCaffrey and the offense. What do you like about the offense? And let's talk learning curve with the offense because we have seen under Frost the offense by about mid year and end of the year, be it the run game when we think of Ziggy or the way Mills finished things off or. You know, by the Wisconsin game last year, things got really rocking for the offense. Well, you make a quarterback change, it's COVID-2020. What's a, what's a fair timeline for the offense to help complement the defense? You know, it's, again, they got to start playing better. they got to get points in the second half. You know, that's, that's, you got to help out the defense a little bit there. You know, they, again, this offense is really good early in the game, and you got to get your first 15 going. But after that first 15, it's just, it just kind of seems like they're kind of, you know, throwing up butts against the wall and kind of seeing what sticks. And listen, I love, I love the fact that they're trying to get Wandell involved. You saw him a lot more running back. Obviously, he's one of the most dynamic players in your offense. You're trying to see what you can do, get him involved. Uh, but the line group is, is, is a little perplexing to me at this time. I was very high on this group. Um, they didn't have their best game against Penn State, you know. And the Penn State, you know, they're talented now. They have they've got some really good recruiting classes, and obviously they don't have Micah Parsons. But 
you know, they got to they got to get in a rhythm. They got to get some things going. Uh, you got to you got to be able to sustain some drives and and get some points. You know, you've only scored six total points in the second half of the last two games. Um, I don't know total. I mean, I don't, don't think they scored a ton more um, even against Ohio State, but they, you know, they only got total seventeen points in that one. Um, but you got to get some things going, and I think they you know they got to kind of let it rip a little bit offensively and just let it go um, and kind of, you know, lose that feel of fear of failure and, you know, trying to win a game, you know, or just, you know, let it go. Let's, because you start playing a little too conservative and a little too safe and all of a sudden, you know, that momentum changes and you give that defense, you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, give them a little more confidence and they start playing faster and all of a sudden that momentum goes into the, the, the opposing team's offense and they're able to get some things going all of a sudden like and it, I mean case in point this is what happens against Penn State you you have a dominant first half all of a sudden you're looking back at this thing and like okay um, we only have one timeout left because um, we had to use them on two inexcusable you know timeouts because we don't know what we're doing our personnel um, yeah then, you know, take like, a drink like how, <laughs> right you know so what what you know what are we you know and then all of a sudden, you, you, you see the writing kind of on the wall. It's like, okay, they're going to score, uh, probably go for two, get it. So now all of a sudden, Nebraska's down by one. One timeout, you got to go try to score points. So it's just, you know what? It's just, they just, they offensively, they, they got to, you know, they're, they're grasping at straws right now. They're trying to, I mean, they're trying. They're trying to see. That's what's tough because you're trying to find who can, who can lead you at quarterback. You've got a good idea what you want. With your O line, um, and then it's like, okay, who's our running back? Is it is it Diedrich? Is it Marvin Scott? Is it Wandell? Who's going to be who's going to help us out at wide receiver? Is it going to be Marcus Fleming? Is it going to be Cade Warner? Is it going to be uh, Xavier Betts? Is it gonna, you know who's it going to be? Omar Manning? Does that we got to get some more consistency? Some guys got to you know step up and you know practice right, do things right because you can't just keep trying different peak running backs and wide receivers every week. And I think that's that's hurt the offense a little bit just because you can't you can't get a flow of things. And you just as a quarterback you gotta have some trust and it's hard to have some trust when your new new guys are coming in every week and it's um it's tough to, to build that rapport with and uh, hopefully, you know, everyone steps up and, and is able to you know gain some consistency and this offense can kinda go because it's it's getting left in the dust in year three with the offensive-minded head coach because the defense is kind of, in my mind, has, has, has stepped up and done some really good things in year three. The offense is kind of still hanging back there. You're kind of like, okay, when, when's this thing going to finally go? Jay, what's, uh, what's concerning to me is the lack of a deep passing game. I mean, the Huskers got their first passing touchdown of the season uh, on Saturday, but it was on a, on a Xavier Betts sweet play. 45-yard pass. Come on now. But it, it, that's, I'm kidding. It's I'm te- kidding. technically I'm kidding. a pass. I'm kidding, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, just, it was it just, a handoff. <laughs> essentially, it's a handoff that gets counted as a pass. Um, but it, it seems to me that Penn State defense seem to adjust and know, well, if they're not going to go deep on us, we can stack the box here and stop the running game. And that's why things got difficult in the second half for the offense. So h- how did the Huskers develop a deep passing game? And, and if they don't, h- how bad do you think it's going to be for them uh, going throughout the season, uh, even into December? Yeah, it's going to be hard. Um, it's, it's, it's a mix of everything. I think, you know, off of the line is, is struggling a little bit. 
um, teams aren't blitzing. They're not blitzing. I mean, Nebraska's not getting a blitz a ton. I mean, and that just because teams are getting home with four guys. If Penn State was doing that consistently, getting home with four guys. Uh, so they're sitting back to a seven. Like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll cover our seven with your three or four. And that's hard to, you know, get, get guys open when you're doing that. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of twofold, okay? So you got to get to get – this offense needs to get a consistent run game going. So the teams respect that run game. So you're kind of you got to kind of commit one more guy to the box, and then that's how you start burning guys. Is, okay, you're, now you're you're sitting back there with you know eight guys. You know you got eight guys committed, or even seven. Okay, now we can kind of get you here with some passing. But you got to get consistent play to your wide receivers. I mean, um, Kate Warner drops one in the end zone. You know, and again, like Marcus Fleming was really consistent against Northwestern. Didn't see him a whole lot against. You know, didn't see him against um, against Penn State. You know, Arbor Manning was out there against Northwestern. Didn't even dress. You know, Xavier mm-hmm. um, Betts is, is is getting you're getting a little more familiarity with him. Um, you just kind of have the guys step up and start you know start playing better football and practicing better. Um, but honestly, it's going to start by you know getting a better consistent run game, and it's going to start with the line. The line has to play better. That's your most experienced. Um, veteran group. Those guys got to play better. They got to. That's first and foremost. Those guys start playing better, given more time. You get the run game going. And now, now you're now you're you know now you're cooking with uh, peanut oil. Mm-hmm. So those guys got those those five guys in uh, Coach Austin. They got to get them going. If that's if you can't, then it's going to be tough to do to get a whole you know any offense going if those five guys up front keep struggling. To Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL or Jay, about ten seconds. What's on the podcast? More to it. Well, we just sat down yesterday. Um, Corey McCune and I sat down. I don't know if it's been released yet. I got to check on the, what, what the issue is. We recorded yesterday just, uh, you know, the postgame pod discussing everything, uh, discussing the win, you know, how, how did they become better in the second half, defense stepping up, um, you know, good, great linebacker play, like, you know, that stuff. So this, this time of year, we're going to do a lot of pregame, um, pregame pods and then postgame pods uh, this, this time of year. So that that look for that one coming out here uh, any any minute now. Okay. Um, for, for the reaction to uh, the winning against Penn State. Good enough, Jay. Thanks for jumping on, brother. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, guys. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time on a Monday, Victory Monday with Hail Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. 25 minutes away, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie. We'll get coach's take on the win over Penn State on Saturday. Thoughts on Illinois this Saturday, and uh, we'll get more into the mayor, Coach Hoiberg, and his presser tomorrow. Probably do a little more basketball tomorrow with that. Uh, so the, the the long and short, the Hoiberg thinks he's and he's relatively confident that Nebraska will begin their season November twenty fifth. There's still no Big Ten schedule out because you know November twenty fifth is a long time away. It's a ways away, Elijah. A whole week and two it's, days. It's a, whole, it's a whole nine days away. So there's that. Let's uh, get some thoughts from Scott Frost real quick. And, and his takeaway, you know, a, a, a quarterback knows the spot, the position, and he's got special eyes uh, on quarterback play because 
Scott was so good at it at Nebraska. I mean, what was his takeaway? What do you think of Luke McCaffrey's first performance? Uh, you can't take it any better. Luke's the type of kid that lives in the office, always watching film, always trying to get better. So he, he takes uh, coaching as constructive criticism, and he wants it, and he wants to continue to improve, and, and that's the type of people that you want to coach. So, you know, how did, how did Luke take the film session today, the critiques, and McCaffrey's the, the, the one guy. There's a lot of guys on, on the team that I think take to coaching pretty well, but being McCaffrey from that family, he's going to take the, uh, the constructive criticism and really apply it. That's good. So, uh, you know, this is the question that we're all kind of asking. We spent time with Jay Moore on, and we started the show off. You know, kudos to the defense. Well done by the black shirts to save the day. You know, where can the offense go? When will the offense kind of start hitting their stride? And, you know, where is the offense at? Where can it go? Scott was asked that a little earlier today. You know, we're not going to be happy until we're scoring more, uh, more efficient, doing some really good things. I just got done with a unit meeting with the offense and we reviewed the game. And I think the guys are able to see little things that they could do and, and should be able to do uh, fixing some things to, to sustain a few more drives. So I, I think we're on the right track, but you're never completely happy and we got we to gotta keep getting better. And, you know, I, I think as coaches, you get frustrated because you want it perfect right now. Uh, and I mentioned this, but I think we counted 10 first-year players that played significant amount for us last year. And it seems like we've been young three years in a row because of the turnover at some positions and the recruiting we've done to get some new athletes in here. But it just takes those guys a while to know all the assignments and details they need to for us to be a little more efficient, and we're working at that every day. That is the reality, and we'll see if it can get to a point sooner rather than later where they're scoring points in bunches in the second half. And Nebraska had a chance for a knockout shot. One more touchdown, I think, would have been that knockout shot, but you were held to a field goal. And then you had an interception. And then it got tight. And then Penn State kept coming. And Penn State was running the football. And and then the, the, the black shirts put on their Superman cape in uh, the red zone, the final four minutes after a boatload of plays. So you're going to take it and say thank you and then get better from it. And listen, you'll you'll have, if things go the way they're supposed to, if you practice well, if you come back at it, guys get a little bit more comfortable and confident with what they're supposed to do, their job, and know it and understand it, specifically with the wide receivers, you can see some success on Saturday. You're supposed to win. Vegas says you're supposed to win uh, by a couple of touchdowns. We'll see. And I'm not calling an upset. I'm just saying Nebraska's in no position to put their feet up and go the Al Bundy, right? And and just kind of unloosen the old belt. They're, no. You got to get this moment, this feeling, this hard-fought victory and bring it back and keep chasing the W's, right? You've had too many moments of dejection 
either with a beat down or a close loss the last several years. Put together a couple of wins. Talk about that almighty momentum you can bring up and generate. And take it with you to Iowa City. See if momentum will travel. Because that is going to be, to me, a truer test. After Saturday, Black Friday, what can your offense do against that defense in Iowa City in the second half? If you're in one of these type of games where either you jump out or you're trailing or whatever the situation is, what can your offense do against a defense like that, against a team that's coached like that when it comes to carrying some water for this team? What's concerning to me about this offense is we just heard Scott Frost talk about how young the offense is and how they got to take time, but I'm going to echo what Jay Moore said and say, well, that offensive line isn't young. That offensive line is pretty experienced, and whenever it's time for them to step up in the red zone, uh, in the four-minute offense at the end of a game when you're trying to burn clock, they can't seem to get it done. You know why? There is no threat of a pass. There's no trust, right? And that's not a knock on McCaffrey or Adrian, or whoever's throwing the football, but you've just got to... This is the reality. And it's got to get fixed, and it's got to get upgraded. Because you have the talent to throw the football to some playmakers. You either need to have the confidence as a play caller, or believe you can put who... who, You know, McCaffrey, if, if he wins the job, and it's still a competition per frost, right? Are you going to try and run the football? Because... That's what you want to do, and I I applaud that with this experienced offensive line. Lean on them. Let them pave the way for whoever's carrying the football. But it is is uphill right now because you've you've faced a a talent of a Penn State front seven. You've taken on Northwestern that by now I think everyone's believing, okay, that they're really pretty good. Then you just fought Ohio State to, to start the season. So the offensive line has, has taken on some good front sevens. As experienced as they are at some spots, not all, because they're still pretty young. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking two freshmen and a sophomore, three-fifths of the offensive line. But can they, can they get nastier, right? Can they... So what? So it's so it's an eight man box, or maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it's a nine man box. There's no there's no threat or respect or fear right now by opposing defenses. Elijah, Nebraska's passing game, and Nebraska, I think right now would rather try and live with hoping the O line will generate a push, and then you'll get a downhill run game going. And maybe that's a little different too with the style of back you have with Mills versus Wandale. Now, Wandale hits the hole great, but you're going to try and hit the outside with Wandale versus go in the A-gap. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some, some of that running game woe uh, as we move forward on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. And Charlie McBride's 10 minutes away. Uh, can dial us up, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Email chris at hailvarsity.com. Get to some of your emails coming up here uh, on the win. And can the offense uh, get caught up to the defense here moving forward? But overall, you're going to take it 30-23 to 23 over 
Penn State. Reminder about West Blue Realty. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding community. If you're moving in 2020, give your friends at West Blue Realty a phone call today. You mention Hale Varsity, and they can take care of you up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby can make it happen for you. Give Tom a call with West Blue Realty, 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly, outstanding as well at 402 202 312 westbluerealty.com. It pays to work with West Blue Realty, and they're at 1120 K Street, Suite 200. They also can handle agricultural uh, land and auctions. You have ag land you're looking to move in 2020. They've sold land in Lancaster, Odo, Seward counties, and they can help uh, handle a large radius. They have an auctioneer. They can handle live auctions or sealed bids and just general land listings westbluerealty.com the finish of finishes arguably this year in the nfl arizona and buffalo murray back to throw flushed out rolling left in trouble slips a tackle gotta launch it he does left side into the end zone jump ball and it is is it caught is it caught oh my goodness it's caught deandre hopkins caught it he caught it for a touchdown with one second left i can't Oh, I could believe it. That was the stake in the beer bet, oh. Arizona and Buffalo. <laughs> I was watching that game. I, I took Junior to get wings and beer for me, uh, not him. And he was watching Seattle and swearing under his breath. I wanted to see Tua because he's kind of fun to watch with Miami. And then Murray just saying, eh, I'm going to find B-Hop as I'm rolling against my body and I'm just going to fling it because my arm's incredible. What a game between Buffalo and Arizona. That was our stake in our beer bet. That was a double loss for me this weekend because I lost the stake in a beer bet, but also my opponent in fantasy had DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. So it was a close game. uh, And then I was watching that game and I I checked my uh, my fantasy app after the game and I'm now down 30 points. So I got to ask you this, to be fair, that... Are we counting that as my sixth straight stake in a beer bet win? Well, I, it was. My, my question is this: Was Arizona favored or was Buffalo favored? Because if if Arizona was favored by two and a half or three or three and a half, then I think you're good. I think Arizona was two and a half favored. I think Arizona. So was I got I got hooked. So so the quadruple or whatever five to nothing. Uh, we might be even now. Although I did pick Arizona. Yeah, I, I'll give you it because uh, part of me says that I you should. You have a lot of football left for you to just keep chasing it and roll it over the next week. Part of me You're thinks. You're going to owe me a, a <laughs> big ass cow at some point. Well, I, I want to go back and listen to the segment and see if I ever said the, the two and a half line. Because I, I thought Buffalo would be favored on the road, mm-hmm. even by a, a, a point or two. I didn't think Arizona would be favored at home but they're really good at home i'll go look up the uh, i took them i'll go look up the uh, the segment from last week and we'll get it back next hour and i'll figure out if it was a plus two and a half for arizona or not oh i'm gonna hold our breath for that we're going this, to instant we're replay. going to instant yeah, great <laughs> we're not in the big 10 are we for doing this <laughs> zone.com get in the zone auto zone 
Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Just spending time at Tower 2 at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll talk with Greg Smith from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, get his take on things from a recruiting standpoint, and uh, for sure, get his uh, lowdown on Nebraska, Penn State, and uh, Illinois looms. It's that time for uh, Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie is Coach ready? He is. We welcome in Charlie McBride. Coach, how you doing? All right, we'll get to Charlie in just a moment. We are switching over in three, two, and one. We say hi to Coach McBride. Coach, uh, how you doing? How's the weather up there? Oh, it's beautiful. It is. It really is. I, I spent most of the day uh, raking wet leaves. <laughs> so you and Belichick were both just drenched from uh, from from working. He was coaching last night. You were raking leaves today. Oh God! I'll tell you what. That's that's about par for the course, isn't it? It is. Well, it might get a little soggy Saturday with the forecast in Illinois coming in. But I want to talk about Penn State, Nebraska, and uh, how about those two red zone stops by the black shirts. Raising up, what did you think of of Saturday's effort well, by Nebraska? Well, that's the, that those kids that'll make them believers, you know. And that that's the thing that has to happen. I mean, you know, you ha- you you know, you can get yourself run down, and and, and it looks a little bit like Penn State's kind of in the tank a little bit, you know. I mean, uh, it, 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 I think that. You know, it's it's not helping to have this virus running mm-hmm. around either. But you know, it it can that can happen. And, and if you look at it, you know, Michigan, Penn State, you know, you just look at this, the tough times they're having. You know, and people, you know, here here's programs that have you know never never flinched really. Probably two more consistent programs, and then that that that's what that's what can happen. And you know, and that's that's the same thing as you know, uh, thinking you win a game, thinking you're going to win with you know a minute or so left, and and everybody's clapping, hitting each other, and you know, patting each other on the back. And boy, that that's if there was a pet peeve I got, and that was it. And then all of a sudden you get beat, and then everybody's standing there, and they're not clapping so much anymore. <laughs> and uh, used to always bug me, but I, I'll tell you what that what I saw Saturday. They, I mean, they hustled around. There's a lot of things that they got to improve on, but you know they're they're flying to the ball. They're doing things like that. I think um, you know the offensive line, of course, is not coming off the ball like they got to come off. They got to put their hand on the ground and turn into you know villains. and, and, you know, get their motors running because, you know, they didn't knock anybody off the ball. I mean, it was, they've got to do that. They've got to get off and they've got to, you know, I always used to tell the kids, you never stop your feet on contact. And, um, 
you know, and, and it, it, they got to move their feet. If you, you watch, um, well, I watched it last night. I watched some of Wisconsin mm-hmm. when they played a little bit, and their offensive line, those guys just maul people. I mean, they they come off the ball and they they just maul you. And uh, you know, our guys can do that, but uh, you know, it's the same old thing. You know, you can get them to do it, but you got to get a board with a nail in it. It looks like <laughs> the old motivator, the Coach McBride special. Now, just just from a reference point. You at one point in time had a board with a nail in it called the motivator, but it was just show and tell. You never used it. No, I never used no, I, it. I know, I know, I know. You never used it. You know, you never used it. But we just we got to make sure. But I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I have done. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I turned the nail on the other side and swung the board. <laughs> it didn't hit them. I mean, they, I mean they, that. You know, it's really funny. It, they don't realize what they can do. You know, a lot of times, you know, you you don't know how good you can be unless you try to be that that good. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of players, you know, if they just look at themselves in the mirror and say, did you play that game as hard as you could play? And, you know, if you can't go for, what, a couple of hours, three hours, and actually you're only going for about six to eight seconds at a time, but as hard as you can go, if you can't do that, then something's wrong with you. You know, I mean that's that's part of living. I mean, you know, you've got there's going to be times in your life where you got to there's going to be a lot of things that aren't happiest things in the world, but you got to do them. You know, and uh, that and to me it should be fun. And you know, instead of a job. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie, Mister Blackshirt, uh, Hail Varsity Radio. So the defense has got some things to clean up, but I think you're you're right on with how they flew to the football. There's always two or three jerseys around the ball carrier. And then to, to be able to play defense like they did with Penn State throwing the football, those fade routes to the end zone seven times and no penalties. Right. I mean, it, it got dire down there the last three and a half minutes with two red zone stops. But let's go to the offense. And I know you touched on the offensive line. Coach, what's... What's realistic, and Scott commented on it today and was asked about it. It's not like he brought it up himself. But 10 of the guys on offense at one time or another are freshmen or sophomores. So they'll eventually kind of find their their groove. But what, what do you expect moving forward from a timeline standpoint? How quick can you get up to speed offensively to help the defense out? You know, one of those, you know, I, I remember going into college and I, I remember a lot of times our guys, how close they got as a class. Sure. You know, the freshmen come in and they really want to accomplish something. This class, our class, we want to do this and we want to do that. And that's what happened to us. You know, I remember that's why we were a good football team because we we had we had our goal set when we were freshmen. And, and that's the thing that, that, that you have to – kind of figure out who your two teams are and you know and 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 that that all rubs off on the other guys you know you don't have to make an announcement Mm -hmm. you just have to know what you know between you that's locker room talk but you've got to do it in the locker room and you've got to mean it and you've got to you know each guy's got to do their part and uh you know i think like like the other day i mean uh, to me that the play were 
Um, he knocked the ball out of his hand. Williams, it up yeah. In the end zone for a touchdown. That's a super play. I mean, that's that's big-time stuff. That's the kind of things you're looking for, is guys that can do that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, so it, it's, you know, it, it, a lot of that stuff will rub off on people. You know, that the younger guys will see that kind of stuff and say, wow, I, you know, maybe I can do that and things like that. And they put that, you know, in the back of their heads and pretty soon they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, there's so many things they as young people have to learn, um, you know, and sometimes, you know, Every kid is as different as his face. Sure. And I and I know that I've you know I've had guys come to me and coach coach we we you know we holler at, get after me you know when I'm doing something wrong because that really fires me up and then I have kids you can't do that to you know and and so you have to learn a little bit what they're doing but you have to push them the young kids you have to push I mean if they and if they don't like it goodbye. You know, it's simple. It's that you know, there's not any, there's no sense in playing the game here. Um, you know, and if you if you just, you know, if you're just here for a vacation and playing at a good big school or whatever your rule goal is, I don't know. But uh, you know, you know, they like just like that offensive line. Our guys used to be wasn't just the one offensive line. It was all those guys. They all hung out together. They all, you know, were, you know, the, you know, friends and close and things like that. And then we had a black shirt party one time, and I told them, "Well, you guys, why don't you invite somebody else on the team?" You know, and they invited the whole offensive line and stuff. I mean, you know, so you know, you know, you're wondering, well, it's an offensive party too. You know, it's a, you know, we were out at a guy's place out at the beach and having a good time and and that's how kids get get to know each other and things like that there may be some guys on the team right now that don't even know each other yeah. charlie and, i gotta and, i gotta go back to the black shirt party was there lots of chips and dip there yeah of Guac- course there guacamole was, and well, we were out at lake ventura which is a lake out in fremont and okay. a friend of, a friend of mine has a place where there's a beach and some pontoon boats and took the guys out for rides and fishing or whatever they wanted to do. Their families, kids were there and, um, you know, it was a blast. It was, it was, it was really a good deal. And, and, and like I said, you know, you know, when you're a real team is, you know, here you have your guys, they said, well, invite some guys out. So they invite all the offensive guys out. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, that just kind of tells you something. Coach, and, you know, and they're responsible for each other. And once they know that, you know, once they know that they got to get three and out so the offense can get the ball and so we can watch the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> Coach, in a healthy yeah. locker room dynamic like you're, like you're describing here, what kind of uh... – Tension, or I guess maybe not tension is not the right word, but what, what kind of uh, relationship is there between the offense and the defense in a week after uh, a game like Northwestern or Penn State where the offense maybe wasn't up to the standards that you'd expect for them coming into the season? Is there any sort of competition or, or jeering from the defense? I mean, a game like Northwestern? What, what's, is, is, it, is that what is you it, said? It, well, what, what I just asking is, is it – how does the defense react when it feels like the defense is doing their job and the offense isn't, isn't doing their job? 
Does, it, know, does, it, get, does it get touchy in the locker room? You don't even mess with that. I mean, you got your your job to do, and and they and they know in their hearts that, that you know, the other guys are feeling bad. Sure. You know, and and so you got to be positive with them. I mean, you've got to help each other. You can't you can't point you don't point fingers. If you start that stuff, you got cancer, and that stuff, and then and that's that's not going to go away because. If two guys start going, and then it goes to three guys, then four, then five, and it spreads like wildfire. You you gotta you gotta help each other. I mean, you gotta encourage each other. You gotta help each other. You gotta congratulate each other. You gotta hug each other. You gotta, you know, you're all one team. You're it's not. That's why I told the kids, you know, here here big black shirts go out. Everybody gets the guys that are in the first, maybe the first twelve, fifteen guys get black shirts. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> those other guys are going to play too. So when you know when it says black shirts do a good job in the paper or this and that, everybody's a black shirt. I mean, it's not like you know you can go home to your hometown and people want to know what you play. Tell them, well, I'm a black shirt, and you don't have to be a first teamer. You know, and and so it's. You know, it's a it's a team thing, and and when kids get that in, right now they're just scrambling around trying to hope they can do the right thing, and and when they learn what they're doing and are able to, you know, turn it on and and do it with confidence and everything else, they're going to be a much better team. Yeah. Coach, got a couple minutes here. I want a thought from you on Luke McCaffrey. Uh, what you saw from him? It was his first start. He's really dynamic and you know the passing game's kind of a work in progress with the youth right and uh that's one thing that nebraska needs to improve on but overall what'd you think of the quarterback play well i thought you know i mean there was no comparison in the game because there wasn't any you know nobody else really played but i mean i thought he's you know he's a winner i mean he was a winner in high school Mm mm-hmm you know, he was a kid that you know you heard. I heard about you know, you know, the, all all of the family. You know, they they have good genes. You know, they got they've got a, a family of kids that are real competitors. And you know, I I you know I I think Martinez is a good quarterback now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't. You know, I I you know you you, you feel bad for him. But you got to go with what you know. You got to go with what's best. And I know a lot of times when young quarterbacks came in, and I can go back and look at the Turner Gills and some of that stuff, and and know that you can almost see or feel the offensive line or whoever. There's just a an error that says, you know, we got to play for this guy. Mm-hmm. And and so you know I. You know, maybe it didn't happen the other way. I don't know, but uh, you know that's that's usually what a lot of times what happens is, you know, an offensive line. You know that that's if they're blocking for guys they really care about, they're gonna they're gonna play. They're gonna play even better. Coach, last yeah. thought here about about twenty seconds. What do you think of Saturday against Illinois? Well, Illinois has got a quarterback they better jump on because he just started last week and he's he is uh, it's it's it'd be a little bit it'd be a little bit like um, oh Robinson or somebody playing quarterback sure you know, quick fast 
you know, a dart that can throw the ball. And, of course, the kid at Oklahoma yesterday in the Cardinal game that came from Oklahoma, he's, he's that, <laughs> that manner. you gotta, you got to be ready. And they won with them, and so they're all fired up. Yeah. And uh, they've got a good team. They got a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. So the offense is going to have to really pound it. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, get after it. And of course, the defense is going to have to be careful because, you know, keep two eyeballs on them, you know, sure. all the time. Because he can he can hurt you. But if you if you get to them early and you bang them around and, you know, you pour the coals to them early, they they start they fall apart. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, can't wait to talk to you again next Monday. Keep that good weather up north, all right? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Take care. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next week. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Be sure to get Charlie McBride on the on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com. Full podcast going to be uploaded for you uh, with Hale Varsity, with iTunes. Subscribe to us. Give us a rating. Spotify, Google Play, and a podcast you want to hear from. Obviously, we told you about Jay Moore's podcast with Hurt At Media. Greg Smith and Jay Foreman, man, they they just kill it every week. Their podcast is awesome. The breakdown, the thoughts, and we welcome in with HaleVarsity.com and magazine Greg Smith, Recruiting Insider, at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, we were just talking about Illinois, right? And what do they do at quarterback? We'll get your take on Penn State in a moment, but do you keep rocking with Isaiah Williams or do you go back to Peters, who... Uh, I know he's uh, a high-profile dude and a Michigan transfer, but he's not done a whole hell of a lot for Illinois in his career. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. If it's me, I think we go with the future um, and, and try to keep rocking with Isaiah Williams to get him that experience. I think that just makes them more dynamic. Um, but I think if you're a Husker fan, you, you'd prefer they go back. Bring, to in, bring in Brando. Yeah, because <laughs> he's, like, he's more of the style of quarterback that Nebraska has done well against. Uh, we got to see a little bit of taste of that this weekend in that Penn State game. Um, so, of course, Lovey's going to play it a little coy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you're, you're hoping that Brandon Peters uh, reclaims his position there. So, Greg, give me uh, your Saturday takes and uh, a thought here. With uh, what, what, you know, give me uh, the good, give me the bad, give me the ugly. The, the good um, for me is definitely the play of the defense. Um, I think you also need to grade that on a little bit of a curve. You see the yardage was a little high, um, but they also faced 90 plays. Um, so that's always something. I, I think that, you know, a year or two ago, that game goes a different way based on the number of plays that Nebraska played. Because I think they would have wilted in that situation in previous years, in part because the depth was not where it is now. And another part, they just aren't, we're not playing as well as they're playing right now. I'm really impressed uh, with Eric Tenander and what he's got going on on defense right now. It feels like overall the defense is faster. They're more sound tackling. It feels like a deeper group as well. Um, I feel like they've made a lot of improvements, and that's really on all three levels of the defense. Um, and they're getting pass rush. Like uh, They're getting enough um, to really affect quarterbacks, and I think that those are all great signs uh, for Nebraska. 
Actually, I thought that the debut of Luke McCaffrey was fine. Um, he did not set the world on fire, but I think that you get a lot of comparison to you know what Adrian had been doing, and you kind of get gets lost that it was his first start. He's a redshirt freshman um, versus a guy who had been a three-year starter to this point. Um, so I was okay with that. But, of course, the, the ugly in this game um, was the second-half offensive performance, and I think Frost owned that in the in the post game by saying that you know he thinks they got a, he got a little too concerned conservative um, in that second half and trying to make sure they got, it, got out of there with a victory. Um, I think that that'll be something they adjust to going forward, but they've got to figure out how to move the football effectively and score points in the second half of the game. Greg, are you worried about the offense? Yes, <laughs> um, because you just don't know. Like it's, I, I was going to say you don't know what you're going to get week to week, but it has felt pretty consistent that you're just not getting a lot. Um, and you could live with that if they were still getting explosive plays, right? Um, because then, you, you know, you get some, you know, a, a handful of 50-yard touchdowns and then you're cooking with something, right? Um, but this offense is not really designed to grind out drives the way that they have had to do uh, throughout this season. So something has to give uh, when it comes to this offense. But yeah, I, w- I would say that it's a concern at this point. Greg, at the uh, the press conference this morning, uh, Coach Frost indicated that um, Martinez and McCaffrey would still be in competition this week and that it was not McCaffrey's job automatically uh, this Saturday. But I personally think that if you go back to Martinez here, you're making a big mistake. I think McCaffrey brought a different energy to the offense. But do you believe Coach Frost when he says that there's an actual competition this week uh, again? No, um, that, like I don't know. Like I, I understand why he has to say that. He also said um, that you know he could see Adrian finding his way um, into the game the same way that Luke had found his way into the game in previous games. Um, I think that like Luke didn't do anything to give that job back away in that game. Now I guess something crazy could happen in practice this week. But I also, I, and I think I said this to you guys last week, I was, I'm was i really curious as to what happens um, when Luke McCaffrey has a, a whole week of preparation as the starter, knowing he's the starter, with the game plan being built for him. Because I do think that it gets to be a little unfair to him going back and forth so much um, as such a young football player. It's easier to do that with a junior than it is a redshirt freshman. Um, so I would not do that. I'm with you. I would not go back to Adrian in this situation. Um, and I I think you continue to let Luke build off of what he started on last week. Greg uh, Smith is with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, let's talk offensive line. And uh, from a recruiting standpoint, Nebraska's recruited really well on both lines of scrimmage. But stylistically, and Coach McBride was just talking about the offensive line needing to to fire off the football uh, versus – what he's seeing and and i know they're young three-fifths of, of the offensive line sophomore or or couple of freshmen right so uh all that being said what type of of recruits and development exist right now with the guys playing i know hymas was uh was recruited by a previous staff but is really talented Ben Hart, I know, was a high-profile guy that the Iowas and Wisconsin's and Alabama's wanted, so there's some physicality there. Piper's a dude that likes to smoke people. You've got Farniak at guard, and then Juergens, uh, super athletic, but also uh, can have a mean streak. Do you believe this offensive line will, will take and make a jump here, not just this Saturday, but... Iowa's kind of what I'm looking at Saturday. Yes, is important against Illinois because they're not going to back down from anybody. But 
from a panic standpoint, are you worried about the O-line, or is it just kind of a byproduct of who they've faced in, in the last uh, three front sevens they've faced have been really pretty good? Yeah, they really have been, um, and even as bad as Penn State's record is, uh, that's a talented front seven, one of the more talented ones they're going to see all year. So I think it's a couple of things. One, I think it is what you said about facing three talented front sevens, and I think that we're going to continue to look back at that Northwestern defense and realize that they prob- they might end up being the second-best defense Nebraska faces all season um, behind, of course, their first opponent in Ohio State. Uh, so I do think that that plays a role, but I also think the shuffling on the line that's happened um, ends up playing a role when you have some young guys having to come in there. Um, and then also the, the, the center situation where you had Cam Jurgens out for a game um, and then he comes back. You start to see those snap issues rear its ugly head again a little bit as well. Um, so he's got to get his timing back so that the offense can have their timing. Then I think the a final factor to me that I'll be really looking for in this next game is, is I think it's tied to Nebraska not being able to get the running game going from the running backs. And I think that there's a physical mentality that the linemen maybe take when they know that, okay, we're going to hand the ball to Dedrick Mills and we're going to try to get downhill and we're going to try to just pound somebody. I think that there's a different mentality than they have when they know that they're lining up and just running QB run game with Luke McCaffrey. They just kind of need to get in the way and he's fast enough to kind of get around edge or something like that. Um, So I'm looking for that as well. Greg, we heard before the season that the offensive coaches wanted to get the one get the ball to Juan Dale in ways other than just handing it to him. But once Dedrick Mills left the game with injury, we saw that a few times as uh, Juan Dale was getting some carries. Do you think that's a trend that continues to get Juan Dale the ball, or do you think that's something that they're going to put back on the back burner uh, if Dedrick Mills is back for next game? It would be better for the team long term and, and make the offense more explosive if that ends up going more on the back burner where they're not having to use him. What was it, 16 carries in the game um, from from the running back position? Um, because I think it just makes you more dynamic if you, you get Mills back because that would that's the first step. You get him back and he's healthy and ready to roll, um, and he can get those carries. And then you have Wandale out in space, but then also mixing in and maybe getting three to five carries um, out of the backfield. I think that that. That's a better mix. But if they have to go to it because Mills is out, I think they will do it again uh, because I think that Wandale is their second-best running back right now just because the other running backs behind Dedrick Mills are still so young and developing. What did you think of the wide receiver play? Uh, more from Betts had the nice hot pass for 45 yards, but no catches for Fleming. Uh, Alante Brown got the start, but I think was only targeted a couple of times. So, the receiver crew, very happy that they won. But when it comes to, to being um, full service, so to speak, uh, where, where's their progress at in your eyes? Yeah, so I think the, to me, you would have liked to have seen those guys Fleming and Betts in particular, or Fleming, Betts, Fleming and Brown in particular, sorry, get more involved. Um, you saw Betts get, get, like you said, that flip pass that he ran at Bell West so many times for success. Um, but it is a very encouraging sign that those guys were out there for more snaps, right? Um, because if that's the case and they continue to ramp those snaps up and their production relative to how many snaps they've had has actually been pretty good, um, you want to continue to see that trending in the right direction like it has the last couple of weeks. I'm okay with the way 
way that they're going. I just think that everyone is a little impatient, um, and rightfully so, with those young guys at receiver because you can see the talent. Like you can you can completely see why Marcus Fleming was such a highly recruited guy, force our kid out of Florida, um, and you hope to see even more of that. You see a little bit of why Elante Brown was getting rave reviews, why Xavier Betts was such a you know a, was he top one hundred, top one fifty recruit in the country. Um, you just want to see that out there on the field um, as quickly as possible so it can really open up the offense. It's just taken a little longer uh, than you would like to, but I think I'm, I'm okay with the production and where it's going from that wide receiver group. Greg, we got about a minute left, and for this last minute, I want to shift over to the defensive side of the ball. Huskers gave up over 500 yards of offense to Penn State. Is that something that's concerning to you, or is that more just a, a result of the Huskers' offense not being able to hold onto the ball? I think it's a lot to do with the Huskers not sustaining drives on offense. Um, so they're not giving their defense as much help as they would probably like to. I know that probably about it as they would like to, uh, but I think you have to be impressed by the Huskers' defense uh, kind of bowing up at the end of that game. Um, and also with their red zone defense, I think they're in the 30s now nationally when it comes to red zone touchdown percentage allowed, um, which is great. You want to continue to see that going um, in a positive direction. So I'm more impressed with the defense, even though they gave up that many yards. Um, and so if you could get the offense to sustain just a couple more drives, I think that makes that defense even better um, than we've seen them be to this point this year. Greg, uh, about 10 seconds. Fedoni, is he going to get bumped to a five-star? I think he does, and he's a, he, he definitely wants it. Uh, he and his family, they have mentioned this to me numerous times, um, and I'm laughing because I, it, it matters, but it doesn't. It matters to them a whole lot, so if it matters to him, uh, it matters to everybody else, right? But I think it happens. Greg, can't wait to hear the podcast with you and Jay Foreman. That'll be posted, heard at MediaHailVarsity.com, iTunes, Spotify, uh, of course, uh, and uh, Google Play. Greg, thanks for jumping on, bud. Great to talk some ball with you. Hey, thanks as always. You guys have a great week. All right. Uh, some thoughts from Urban Meyer coming up. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Open phones till 6 3 Seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So we'll hear from Urban Meyer in a moment. And this to me is kind of a shot at Penn State and Michigan. But first, uh, Elijah Herbal has gone to instant replay from last Friday for our steak and a beer bet. I'm working on six consecutive victories over Elijah. And I said, sure, I'll take Arizona again. You get Buffalo. And the hook was what? Two and a half, three, three and a half. And I wasn't sure who's favored. Apparently, Arizona was favored. So is Elijah off the hook on a incredible bad beat? To, and to be, It shouldn't have been close. I mean, it was a, a miraculous Hail Mary from Murray to, to B-Hop. So what does the tape say, Elijah? Let's see, Cardinals are a two-and-a-half-point favorite What is what I'm seeing. All right, you pick. Who do you want? Give me the Bills, plus two-and-a-half. Okay. That was not doctored. We were at uh, Piedmontese, the Mercado, on Friday. So they didn't kick – now, they didn't kick the extra point. I kind of got screwed there. You did kind of get screwed there. 
which I didn't realize. It was, and I, I didn't know the NFL adopted the college rule where if you block an extra point, you can return it for two. That's their reasoning. Mm-hmm. Either that or, or, you know, fashion model Cliff was still had his mind in college. Or there's also the, the possibility uh, that somebody on that Cardinals staff had money on the bills. Covering sure. that two and a half let's points. let's just <laughs> implicate all of them. I said possibility. So let's uh, so we're square. I guess like, you're right. <laughs> Thirty-two to thirty, but you get the two point five. Uh-huh. I swear, I thought Buffalo was favored on the road. So because an extra point was not, not kicked, kicked. <laughs> Elijah is now squared up and uh, does not owe a steak nor owe any beer. Well, let's be honest, though. It was five straight or six straight for you or whatever. Oh, I know. It's to the, sweet. To the one to me. That's so. half a side of beef. So, yeah, uh, I think I still owe you a steak and a beer. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. You're all right. Uh, you're a, you're a, a broke college kid not earning millions of dollars uh, doing radio. Bless your heart. We'll see. Well, let's see. If by the end of the year I can overtake you, if I can reel off five or six straight here and that I overtake you. That will not you, happen. If it does, then you'll owe me the steak and a beer. Somebody's getting a steak and a beer sure. at the end of this year. We'll get one of those. Because I had two steaks Friday at Piedmontese. I shared, of course, with uh, with Kristen. But a New York strip and a ribeye that were super thick and incredibly well done by... Uh, certified Piedmontese, incredible. Want to hear about my last steak? Is uh, I'm a broke well, college to, student. You go to your dad's. Well, I do, but the last steak I had uh, was from my grandmother. She bought a, uh, I think it was a whole cow, uh, some number of years ago, and she still had beef in her freezer. And uh, I checked the date on it, and it was from 2013. So I had a seven-year-old steak. That's well aged. Back, I it was fine. I'm sure you're still walking. It's it's all good. It was vacuum sealed and frozen the entire time, you're, but it was fine. a little weird to eat a seven-year-old steak, dude. Yeah, there's somebody <laughs> that probably would have dropped four grand for that. Oh, you know, mm. I'm, I'm thinking if it's Nebraska beef, right? Mm-hmm. And it's instead of the. Uh, Several day dry age side of things, you can go. Hell, it's years. It's like wine; it yeah. just gets better with age. I'm an Did it taste funny major. or no? Oh no, it didn't taste funny at all. It tasted fine. Okay. Had it on a little sandwich. It was delicious. But yeah, I'm an advertising major. I'm sure I could sell that for four thousand. You'd, you'd work on that. Let's uh, let's hear from Urban Meyer when it comes to your job as a coach and the talent you have. This was as as it's said before, pure gold, Jerry, because you had Urban. And if I'm Harbaugh, if I'm James Franklin, this is directed at me with my recruiting classes. There's not a bad player in the NFL. They're NFL players. Same with the coach. You can't say, well, he's a bad coach. Now, maybe they're not coaching well, or maybe the player's not playing well, but that's where I always say, lift under the hood. Never make excuse. Well, when I was a coach, I would never let one of my coaches say he's a bad player. I warn them, say, say that again, you probably have to leave because that's just, you're making excuses. Now, dig deep and find out why. Every time I've had a team struggle, every time, it's followed one of three categories. Number one, there's some trust issue. The players don't trust the coach. The coach don't trust the players or awful when the players don't trust each other. Number two, really think about it. It's called a dysfunctional work environment, Reggie, and that's that. Where the expectation is very high, but we don't work hard. I've been there before, Coach. It's, and, and the coach has to be real clear with his team and say, wait a minute, that's going to lead to frustration, anger, disappointment, because we want to win a championship. I got news, guys. We're not working hard. So stop with the yeah. expectations. Work ethic must exceed or equate your expectations. That's a good environment. And the last one is real obvious. 
you got a selfish team, man. You got problems on your team. Football is a unselfish sport. That means you have to do the nasty. That means I'm a running back. I got to go protect my quarterback. Yeah. You don't always get to carry the ball. Sometimes you have to run down and kick off 22 miles an hour and throw yourself into someone coming 15 miles an hour the other way. That's not fun. Why would you do that? Because you love your team and your teammates. So when you hear LSU, Penn State, Wolverine struggling, stop with the bad players. I, I get sick of hearing that. It's not the players. I don't think it's the coaches. But there's something wrong. Lift the hood, find out one of those three things is usually the reason. That is big time. And you can say and think a lot of things about Urban Meyer, but <laughs> trust, dysfunctional work environment, and selfish team. Let's look at Michigan right now. And Michigan and Harbaugh are under the gun. And when I think of Wisconsin, I think of their culture. I think of their physicality. And they looked like they'd been playing for a year. And they came in and that thing was over. Bang. And they just lined up and got got dirty. They played physical. And that's what Harbaugh needs to get back to. Michigan needs to go power eye, play action. You can do stuff out of the shotgun still. But Harbaugh's recruited exceptionally well. They have incredible NFL talent on both sides there, and they're not getting it done. The other side of it is Penn State, same thing. And I I don't know. I, I think Penn State's got a lot of selfish guys that are, are trying to get theirs, okay, and I think they kind of shelved that, and they all kind of came together and tried to win in the second half Saturday. But I think part of that was, all right, Clifford, the big red dog, needs to go sit on the bench because you're a turnover machine, finally. And I think the team maybe bought in a little bit more from the second quarter on once they made the quarterback switch. I mean, as Urban Meyer said, if a team doesn't trust itself, it's going to have issues. And if the team did not trust Sean Clifford, it's tough for them to go out and play for him. Maybe, well, he's the maybe same they... guy that took him to two New Year's Day six bowls the last two years following McSorley. I mean, that, that said, it ain't happening this year. He's been trying too hard this year. And uh, we can kind of flip it over to Nebraska. Um, I, I think that guys trust Adrian. But I think from a rhythm and flow standpoint, even though Nebraska's offense sputtered, and part of that might have been play calling, part of that may, may have been just, and it was being just too conservative, you saw the start, and you saw the decision-making, and you saw the poise from, from Mac. Oh, yeah. And, and it worked. I think that was the problem last year, is you had a quarterback that didn't trust his offensive line, and you had receivers that didn't trust their quarterback. And that was even, I think, a little bit of an issue in uh, in the Northwestern game. And I think you're also seeing that work in progress of trust at the wide receiver position, right? We'll wind down on Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio Victory Monday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So tomorrow on the show, pretty excited. Rick Pizzo is going to be with us. Mitch Sherman's going to be with us. And then Director of Player Personnel and longtime Nebraska assistant Ron Brown will be with us. So get Ron's take as Nebraska gears up for Illinois. Get his 
reaction to Penn State's Coach Brown going to be with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Reminder about buckling up. There's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Drunk driving buzzed or high. Never acceptable. And law enforcement officers working every day to stop it before it becomes uh, another casualty, another fatality. So if you are going to drink, don't drive. If you do drink, designate a sober driver or get a ride share. DUIs cost more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So locally here in Lincoln, there's been a lot of outcry with uh, some directed health measures where youth sports and high school sports have been paused for uh, several weeks here. December 7th is the soonest things can resume. A lot of parents are outraged on that. Uh, I hear you. I absolutely hear you as a parent that has a little guy that plays hoops. Uh, I've got friends that have uh, kids that have put their heart and soul into uh, different sports and activities that are paused. The kids aren't the ones that are <laughs> making bad or poor choices. They're the ones that are going to practice and then coming home. It's a lot of adults that aren't acting like adults when it comes to stopping the spread and even some younger folks that are entering into that adult phase of their life that aren't maybe doing their job with distancing or masking. And and listen, I'm not trying to tell you what to do with masking because I know I think we all can be unanimous and say we hate it. Uh, that said, it's it's just necessary right now and that's been on on people's mind and looking at junior he had one game yesterday for basketball and then you know we're we're paused for practices the other side of that too is why can't the kids practice fine if they can't play but why why can't they practice so it's it's been frustrating and and i don't know that this is this is the answer and and the, the 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 answer isn't to shut down the answer is to just kind of mask up and distance up and wash up. I have a feeling, if you don't know, it's dead week at UNO right now, which means finals next week and then everyone's going home. And I have a feeling that people are going to go home, numbers are going to start going down, and then we're going to say, oh, look, our, our health measures worked. Well, you and I both saw these social media posts of different areas of town this weekend with uh, people in your age demo I mean, I think there's a reason that... Up close and personal to one another. Either you either already have it or you just don't care. Lincoln, at the end of summer, June, July, pretty low COVID numbers compared to the nationwide mm-hmm. as a whole. And then right when the college students get here, numbers start going up. Now we're in the red zone. They go home in a week and a half. And I think those numbers are going to start going back down. That's, well, either that or they're going to take it to grandma and grandpa. Or that. That could also be a possibility with Thanksgiving coming up, too. Well, you tell me this with... Your crew, not you and, and your friends, but just the, the fatigue level from people your age is, is probably pretty high. Oh, it's out of ten. Yeah, it, it, out, of, out of eight. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. No, everyone's just done with it. Well, we'll talk uh, more football and hoops tomorrow. Thanks for spending time with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.